0: My name is Ira Jewett. Thank you for joining us. I found out about Family of Grace just through friends, just telling me, telling me to help out with the youth. And ever since then, I've just been coming week in, week out, just having fun, just being patient, which is definitely what I've learned since I've been here. Once again, thank you for joining us, and we hope to see you soon. Today, we see many people, they're tossed to and fro, back and forth, because in their personal life, even though God has a vision for them, even though They have counted the cost and they said, yes, we're going to proceed with this in our life. They have not laid the foundation. And so therefore their house, their life seems to be in shambles. The Bible has a little bit to say about this. It says no other foundation can a man lay than that of Jesus Christ. But Jesus went a little bit further. And I'm telling you, I've never really grasped this in the way that I have over this last several weeks as we've connected and prepared for this sermon today. You know the passage of Scripture, very, <clears throat> very familiar if you've been around the Bible at all any amount of time. It's found in the book of Matthew. If you will turn there in the book of Matthew, in chapter 7, in verse 24, let's see what Jesus is saying. In Matthew 7 and 24, he's, he gives this interesting passage of Scripture and. So many people take this passage of Scripture and they completely, I've been guilty of it, just quoting it out of context. I mean, let me just read it for you. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like the sensible man who built his house on the rock. The rains fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew, and it pounded the house. Yet it did not collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew, pounded against the house and collapsed. And the collapse was great. When Jesus had finished his sermon, the crowds were astonished at his teachings because he was teaching them like one who had authority and not like their scribes. Now let's back up. Because the word tells us we need to back up. Do you see in verse 24. It began by saying therefore. You see that circle that in your Bible. That means you need to back it up. And find out why this passage. What's it there for. And the reason he put it there. Was because here's what he says in verses 13. Through 23. He begins to talk about narrow is the gate that enters into the kingdom of heaven broad is the pathway that leads to destruction in verse 17 he shifts and says for can figs come from thistles in the same way every good tree produces good fruit but every bad tree produces bad fruit he goes on in verse 21 and says but not everyone who says to me lord lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven He says, on that day, many will say, did we not prophesy in thy name? Did we not preach in thy name? Did we not teach in thy name? Did we not even drive out demons in the name of Jesus and do many miracles? Then I will announce to them, depart from me, for I, ever knew you. For I never knew you. There's another scripture that goes along with this. I didn't put it in your handout, but it's it's where the, uh, uh, the men who saw Uh, the apostles casting out demons and and they said man we want to do that and make a little money off of it so they went out there and they began to cast out demons in the name of Paul the name of Peter and I love what it says Uh, Jesus we know and Peter we know but just who in the world are you the thing that I want to connect the dots with this morning so clearly for us is why is this passage of scripture here Because Jesus was teaching them a lesson that had great power, great significance, and great value. He's saying, if you want to follow me, you have to count the cost." You remember last week we looked at that, a very unpopular sermon on the cost analysis. And how before you build any building, you have to count the cost. We were traveling north on the interstate yesterday, and one of our daughters asked us, they said, Dad, what's that building? I looked at her and I said, that's a building they didn't count the cost on. I remember back in the year of 2000, they built this great building just between here and Boyce. And they said, oh my, it's going to be the greatest expo center ever. There will be rodeos, there will be events, there will be restaurants, there will be stores. Till this day, there is nothing but a hollow building. And Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you've got to count the calls. In a day that we believe in easy believism that doesn't cost us much, Jesus says, it will cost you everything. Well, let me not re-preach last week's sermon, but here's the thing that I want you to understand, that when you count the cost and you decide to move forward, you must understand that to be a follower of Christ, to fulfill the purpose of God's plan for your life, then you also have to continue to walk out lordship in Jesus Christ. Say this with me, lordship. Now say it one more time, lordship. Boy, there's a word that has become absent from Western Christianity. Lordship, because we want to serve God any way we want to. We want to serve Him. We want to make God like a demigod. And I can tell you that God doesn't fit in a box. God is bigger than our mind. God is bigger than our ability. God is bigger than the way we think. God is bigger than what we are trying to reduce Him to. I'm telling you today, my friends, I am so glad that God is bigger than me because if my mind could comprehend my God, then he would be too small to handle my problems. And so Jesus says, where's your fruit? Where's your fruit? And he turns to him and says, let me tell you something. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how to determine what kind of person you're going to be. How long you're going to last. And here's what he says. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them. Underline that in your Bible. Now skip down again. In verse 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them. The first thing that I want you to jot down there in your notes is the things these men had in common. It's really it in my sermon, but I want to draw a couple of parallels here. The things they had in common, they both heard the same words of Jesus, they both heard the same message, they both heard the same gospel presentation. Narrow is the pathway that leads to eternal life. Broad is the pathway that leads to destruction. You don't have to do anything to make it to hell. Oh my goodness, did I just say hell in a sermon? We don't want to talk about that anymore. Because we want everybody to think, "As as as long as I do good, as long as I... Work at the homeless ministry, long as I, you know, I, I drive a bus, long as I, I give to feed the poor, long as I take care of the widows and orphans, I'll be okay. No, Jesus said that if there is not passion, is there is not principle, is there is not sonship, and if there is not lordship, then there can be no part of me. Look at what it said right there. Many people will say, I fed the poor. I took care of the widows. I took people in. I went on mission trips. I even drove out demons in your name. But I will say, depart from me. I never knew you because you wanted to live your life your way. Your way. One of the saddest things I encountered lately was a funeral that I went to. At the funeral they would not allow them to say anything about Jesus. Read a scripture or even mention Christianity. And the sons. The father's son was the preacher who had to do it. He was in the ministry. He got up there and he shared a gospel message. Very eloquently without ever mentioning scripture or ever mentioning Jesus. Jesus. And at the end of that service, they played the song, I live my life my way. You see, the thing, my friends, is is that Jesus says, I don't want you to live your life your way because I have a better way. Your mind is too small to comprehend the things that I have in store for you. For why would you want to live a life of limitations when you can live a life in the demonstration and the power of the Holy Ghost of God? Your eyes have not seen it, your ears have not heard it, your mind has not comprehended what I have in store for you. But yet we say, God's too narrow-minded. A pathway is too narrow. I want to be broad. If you want to save your life, you must lose it. if you want to find the broadness of the world, you must embrace the narrowness of the cross. They both heard the same message. They both built houses in the same area. They both built. We can kind of see here in this passage of Scripture, they probably built the same type of houses. They both built the same type of houses. And the last thing they had in common was they both faced the same storms. So so here it is. They both heard the same message. They both built the same houses in the same area. They both built the same type of houses, and they both face the same storms. I mean, look at what it says right here. It says, the rain fell. Skip down to verse 27. The rain fell. Go back to verse 25, the rivers rose. Go back to verse 27, the rivers rose. Go back with me to verse 25, and the winds blew. Verse 27, and the winds blew, and it pounded the house. Look at verse 25, and it says, it did not collapse. Look at verse 27, it collapsed. A popular phrase in our culture today, in our neighborhoods, in our cities is this, in the United States is, I used to go to church. I used to serve the Lord. I used to do this and I used to do that. Why are they had-beens? Why are they living in the past? There's people that still go to church. They still serve the Lord. But they're still living in yesterday. Why are they still living in yesterday? Talk to them about Christianity and everything is past tense. Oh, I remember when I used to do that. I remember when the power of God was so strong. I remember back in the 50s when the power of God was so great. If the power of God was so great in the 50s, then why in the world have you not lasted 50 years later? Why in the world is it that most every mainline denomination is trying to figure out how do we keep our churches open? Because somewhere they didn't build on the rock. It didn't mean they didn't sing about Jesus. They didn't preach about Jesus. They didn't do all these things. Somewhere along the way, they began to have a different focus. They began to build on different things. And because of that, great was the fall. My brothers and sisters today, the things they had in common were very interesting. The most interesting thing, though, was they both heard the same message. So the difference was their will to obey their will to obey the type of the foundation will determine the type of building you can build think about it the type of the foundation that you lay determines the type building that you can build it determines everything it determines the length i mean you can't outrun your foundation i mean you can't get to the end of the slab and when they start erecting the wall say oh you know what let me have another 10 feet on this room just lay it on top of the saint augustine out there oh that's that's good that's that good coastal bermuda grass it'll hold up no 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 no. The, the, the 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 foundation the footprint determines the length of the building it determines the width of the building it determines the height of the building you say how in the world can the the foundation determine the height of the building because the deeper the foundation goes, the higher the building can go. Boy, I've had to live this out firsthand. Up on top of the mountain in Peru, they, we looked at the pictures recently where they came in and they, they, laid the, they went off the side of the mountain and they dug the stones out at our church and they, they laid the perimeter wall and then they came in and made it all one elevation. And so we had that investment, and we conquered that, and great things were happening there. It's a 160 square meters. And so all of a sudden, we begin to talk about, there's, there's this group of guys from Australia who's going to work towards putting us a little small building there, and the, we have to have the concrete laid for when they come. And so upon our first initial conversations, the slab was going to cost us about $3,000. Okay, well, we can faith that much. And so we begin to have the conversations about that building. And and all of a sudden, before I know it, the the money starts coming in from the outside. And people's getting on board with it. And I go to the staff meeting two weeks later. And I'm sitting there. And they say, oh, pastor, uh, if you want to accomplish your vision, the foundation is going to cost us $9,000. I said, $9,000? That's three times the amount you told me initially. Oh, oh. We can do it for 3,000, but it can only be one story. If you want that building to have the potential to be three stories, then it needs three times the foundation. See, we could just go pour concrete on the rocks that we have. But pastor, if you want to be able to go up, which is very crucial in that area, everything goes up there because it's so hard to acquire real estate and you're having to level off the side of a mountain. So it's very crucial that that building could go up to three stories and the third story would be a second story and the second story would actually be at ground level. So it's, it's pretty critical to have that ability to be able to have ground level entry. And so if you want to accomplish that, then you have to dig down outside the perimeter wall we have to put rebar in those holes we have to pour columns and the columns will go all the way around the perimeter of the rock wall and the slab will be built upon the columns and not upon those temporary rocks you see pastor if you want to do that you have to drill down i said okay i love I love, uh, I love staff meetings uh, via internet and, and, the, and me struggling with the English language and trying to communicate with them in Spanish. And so all of a sudden I'm like, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back up to the top of that mountain, and I want you to, I want you to find out how cheap can you get it done. Negotiate the price. Tell them, no, we don't have 9,000. Ask them if they'll do for 7,000. And the pastor and, the, and Margarita said, no, pastor, no, 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 no. no. Listen, we save money somewhere else. Don't be cheap on the foundation. I said, no, I'm not asking you to. I'm not asking you to be cheap on the material. I am asking you to negotiate their price of labor. Don't cut any material. You see, today I believe many people have been cheap on the foundation. When you start laying the foundation, you have to have the drawings. I mean, most people can't even see it when the dirt work starts taking place. Because there's nothing that defines it. Because there's just heavy equipment out there. And you're just digging around in the dirt. And so there's nothing attractive about it. We've already talked about that. But the interesting thing is this. That somebody has to be able to say, here's where corner one, two, three, and four are. And most people, when it's just dirt, can't envision it. Are you with me? So these men, they went and they began to build a house. The Bible says this in the book of Luke, the same passage of Scripture, the same story, the same message. Luke puts it this way. The one man went and he dug deep down to the rock. And when he got to the rock, that's where he cleared off and laid his foundation. it's not a very good translation to preach out of or do much bible study out of but i love the message to provoke my thoughts and to get me to thinking in a different direction i love the rendering of this text in the message it says these words that i speak to you they're not incidental additions to your life stay with me they're not incidental additions to your life like a homeowner would add improvements To improve your standard of living. But they are foundational words. For you to build your life on. If you will work these words. Into your life. But if you just use my words in bible studies. And you don't work them into your life. Guess what? Great will be the fall. Wow. Wow! If you just use these Christian phrases in Bible studies and you pass them around house church and Sunday school and training union and small groups no matter where they are and you just have your Christian knees, Christian cliches, it's just language that doesn't affect the foundation. But I am telling you today, Jesus says, if you will take my words and build upon them. It will be the rock that will never roll. It will be the foundation that will stand the test of time. You have to make a decision who you're gonna believe. You're gonna believe what God says about you or what the devil does. Let me give you these couple of things here. The foundation determines the shape. We've talked about that already. The same way your spiritual foundation determines your ability. Look at this, the the foundation determines the shape. It determines the length, the width, and the height, literally, of any building. Spiritually, it determines your ability, your stamina, your giftedness, and your spiritual gifts. Look at this, I'm going to say that again. The foundation determines the shape, the length, the width, and the height, literally, of any building. It also, spiritually speaking, determines the ability, the stamina, and the giftedness. Of your spiritual gifts. A second thing the foundation does. Is not only does it determine the shape. It determines the strength. It determines the strength of the building. It determines whether that building. Will stand against the pressure. And stand against time. In your spiritual journey. The foundation that you are laying. Will determine your. It will determine your ability to stand. Against the pressure of the world. The Bible says you will be hard pressed. It didn't say you may be hard pressed. You might be hard pressed. It says you will be hard pressed. But if you're built upon the rock, you will not be crushed. You will not be crushed. This is not easy believism. This is not check the box and be in a secret movement of Christianity. It's check the box and stand up and be accounted for. And when the winds of the world start blowing, don't have one eye on the door figuring out how you're going to escape, but you stand there and you be resolved that you will die if need be on the winning side. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Said he will deliver us. But if he chooses not to. If he chooses not to. Let it be known that we went down. On the fighting side of the victory. Let it be known that we didn't bow our heads with the rest of the minions. Who were caving to political correctness. Who were caving to idolatry. Who were caving to the pressures of the world. You let it be known that when all hell assailed that I stood firm. I love the story of David's mighty men of valor, and it was Shemini who went, and the Bible says he defended his pea patch. He was the only one there. The Bible says that when the Philistines started coming, he went to that pea patch and he fought him off and he fought him off. He fought him off so long the Bible says that his hand stuck. To his sword he could open his hand and the sword stayed in his hand he said I'll tell you something I am going down on the fighting side of this victory I am going to be resolved in my heart to follow Jesus the foundation the books you read they may stir your emotional intellect but if they don't stir the martyr of the foundation of your spiritual heritage you've only had your ears tickled and not a foundation laid. It amazes me, I read a lot of popular books. A lot of them, if I said something about them, you would be offended because you think they're the greatest thing in the world of theology that you've ever seen. One of the most popular that I was skimming through was a book called Night a Fan. It's a great book if you're in a 7th grade Sunday school class. It's got all the words to say, I'm not a fan. I want to be a full follower of Jesus Christ. But the theology in that dude is about this deep. Yeah, we know how we ought to live, but when in the world is somebody going to tell me how to? Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this. He said that Christ told us that we must come and die. If we come and die, then we shall live. Today, we have so many had-beens and used to be's because they hadn't laid the foundation. The thing about the foundation is not only does it determine the strength, not only does it determine the shape, but it determines the future. The foundation determines the function. I mean, the number three is the function. It will, every foundation serves to its full potential. The function. The shape of the foundation determines what it's going to be for. What will it be used for? Will the foundation be used? Will it be usable? Will it meet its full capacity? Here's a good example. You can walk outside and you say, goodness gracious, when in the world are they going to do something with this parking lot? Well, as soon as we get the money. But you know what happened to that parking lot? When we first bought this property, we were meeting across town in a little shopping mall for a year. We had to figure out how we were going to pay for this, and so that back part where you ate lunch a couple of weeks ago for the first two years that we owned this building, we leased it out to a trucking company. And he had five trucks, five 18-wheelers. And that's where he did all the maintenance on them. So we moved in this building, man. We were having church up front, and they were doing shop out back. I mean, it was a lot of good money. I mean, $1,000 a month. I mean, hey, we, we needed every penny we could get and then some. But what happened was for eight, now, now stay with me. For a short-term gain, we sacrificed a long-term investment. That's where you say, oh, preacher, come on. Because this is where it gets really good. You see, there was such a need for a short-term gain that all the money we gained in the short-term will cost us in the long-term to finally get that thing fixed out there. Probably more than we ever gained in rent will cost us to fix the parking lot and the damage that those five trucks caused from running across that parking lot time and time again. The interesting thing is this. The foundation strength determines its function. If you want to have a parking lot that you run big trucks across every day, then it needs to be a whole lot more than asphalt and four inches. Whenever we poured all this concrete out there, the contractor said, Pastor, you need to put six inches. I did like this, six inches. Man, six, I can't afford six inches. He said, do you want it to look like the rest of your parking lot? I said, six inches, it'll be. The depth of the foundation determines the function of the future. Now, you can run cars across that stuff all the time. But if you want it to handle the load. If you want it to handle the pressure. You must dig down deep. Lay it on the rock. And apply some substance. Same thing with your spiritual life. Last thing. The foundation determines the future. The ability to expand. And the ability to last. Many people won't buy homes in our area today. Because the foundation needs repair. And now. Now. The faultiness in the beginning affects the future of the building, same thing in Peru. I just shared it already. Do you want to have a one story building or do you want to have a three story building now right now, in a short term gain, it would be it makes no sense for me to try to invest hopefully seven or eight thousand if we can negotiate the price down. But let's just say if we don't. It makes no sense right now to invest, to invest three times the amount for something that's way down the road in the future. But see, what you don't understand is to get the side of that mountain level, it costs us twenty five hundred dollars. So. If I build a one-story building and I move over and I clear the spot of the mountain, I level it up, that's $2,500. And then I move over to get the third story later, guess what that is? $2,500. That's pretty close to the amount it would cost us. So the question is, once again, do I sacrifice for short-term gain a long-term investment? As we've gone through this sermon this morning, it's clear and it's evident that you must have a sure foundation Many times we start off in our Christian walk and our foundation becomes a little shaky. Maybe you're at a place in your life where you need somebody to come along beside you and help sure up your foundation. Maybe you've never laid a spiritual foundation. Maybe you want to do that for the first time in your life. If you'd reach out to us at Family of Grace, it would be one of our highest honors to be able to come along beside you and help you become sure, solid, and steadfast in your walk with your Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope this message will help change the direction of your life.